Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God. God is good, saints. Amen. And he is worthy to be praised. Amen. I'd like to introduce to you someone that loves God. Praise God. He's a son of God. Praise God. In every area that he strives to do what thus saith the Lord. I'd like to present to some and introduce to others our pastor, Pastor George Lindsay Melton, Jr. Praise God. The pastor of Cripples Grove Full Gospel Church. I'd like you for you to give him your undivided attention as he proclaims the word of God. Thank you. Amen, amen. Good evening. How's everybody feeling tonight? That's good. We're going to try that one more time. How's everybody feeling tonight? There we go. If you don't mind, it's something we do at our church. Just look at somebody near you, whether they're in front, beside, behind, and say, I'm so glad to see you tonight. The other person that you didn't look at, tell them, I'm super glad to see you, too. There we go. There's some smiles. There's some smiles. There's some, some smiles. I want to give honor to Pastor Brian and the leadership here at Keys Chapel. Thank you all for having me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to come and, and, and point, uh, point us in the direction of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We'll pray real quick, and then we'll, we'll hop right into it. Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Lord, you are so awesome. Lord, you are so wonderful. You are so magnificent, God. Lord, there's no, there's no scripture, there's no hymn, there's no song, Lord. There's no word in the English dictionary, Lord, that can totally define who you are, Lord. But, Lord, we just we give you all the words that we have, Lord. We give you all the attention. We give you, all the, the, we give you our entire heart tonight, Lord. We yield to you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for illuminating parts of our life tonight, Lord, that need you to shine bright, Lord. Bless us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. 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 If you have a Bible, we're going to be in Luke chapter 15. <clears throat> Luke chapter 15. Um, we'll start out in, in verses 11, go through 11 through 21. Um, my Bible may read a little bit different than yours, but I promise it's all still the same. Amen. Amen. Um, it's been uh, while you're turning there. It's been a it's been a good minute since I've I've stepped in here. The last time I stepped in here, um, my grandpa was uh, was still was still up and and uh, he was he's one of my favorite people and uh, I love him and miss him so much. But it's really good to see familiar faces. Amen. Amen. And even good to see faces I've never met. I love meeting new people. Um, fortunately, I have a job where I get to meet new people every day. Um, get to do all kinds of things every day with that job, but I love meeting new people. So if I didn't get a chance to shake your hand before you leave, please, please uh, hit me up after service. Amen. Amen. Um, if you don't know something about me, I like to smile. I like to laugh. Um, I'm very authentic. What you see here is what you're going to see uh, if the Warriors are playing and Steph Curry is up. Uh, if he's not up, then, you know, catch you on another day. You know, just just be praying. <laughs> But uh, the same lens that you see here is the same lens that you're going to see um, out, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, Jesus was the same. There was no Jesus this way, and then Jesus was different with disciples. No, I, I fully don't believe that. Uh, but also while you turn there, one thing I do want to make apparent, um, I remember in high school, 
her, her name's changed because she's gotten married now, but um, I've told the story at our church all the time, but I remember in high school, one of the uh, requirements for graduating was you had to take a foreign language. And I did not like taking a foreign language. I even told, I even remember telling my parents, I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I don't need a foreign language. Like, we're good. This is Lexington. You know, like, you know, you come, like everybody speaks what they speak. And I was like, I'll never, I told myself, I'll never live somewhere where I got to learn a foreign language. Well, we lived in Florida for a few years. If you ever been in Florida, uh, you need to know more than one language. Um, so that was, that, was, uh, that was one of those God laughs when I said that all those years ago. But I remember uh, my senior year, I think, when I was taking Spanish 2. And uh, Spanish 1, this brother barely passed, passed with a D. But I was like, listen, as long as I pass, Pops just said, you, all you got to do is pass. As long as you ain't failing, we're good. So I'm like, hey, hey, this is the one chance where a, a D was acceptable. So and I remember Spanish 2 came around. I'm like, okay, Lord, I just need that D. Well, fortunately, I got an A. It uh, wasn't on my own merit. I will admit that. It wasn't on my own merit. But I remember the first day, first day in uh, Miss Miller's Spanish class, she puts on, uh, so back then we had the flip projectors. They don't do that now. But we had the flip projectors, and she had it connected to the computer, and she pulled up this website. And uh, she said, okay, class, and she's speaking in Spanish. And I'm like, oh, Lord, she already speaking in Spanish. She don't know what student she got. But I was able to make out different words. And, uh, she, and she said, now here is a website you can put in uh, what you want to say in English, and it's going to translate it. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, snap. She's telling me how to get the answers. Oh, I got this. So I'm paying attention. That day I was paying, I'm making notes, writing the website name, the URL, all that, what, what uh, web page it was and all that. And uh, so she translated from English to Spanish and we got to see what it looked like. And she said, okay, class, I don't want you using this website for your homework. And I'm like, you shouldn't have showed us then, Miss Miller. You don't, you don't know who you got, you know? And uh, she said, and this is why I don't want you to use this website. So then she translated from Spanish back to English. And when she did, all the nouns were at different places. The adjectives were different places. Why? Because things get lost in translation. I don't know if you knew that, but things get lost in translation. So when it comes to the Bible, there is actually original languages that it was written in. And I encourage you, don't just on Sunday morning, don't just soak in the reading. Tonight, don't just soak in the reading, but go home and dig. Dig, dig, dig. My kid, I, I, we have three, but our oldest boy, he loves to dig and dig. He wants to know why, why, where was you at, what, what happened then, how, and he gets that from his dad. I, I, I just like to ask questions. But I encourage you to dig and dig, and I say, I say that story to say this because the, the, the Bible is written in a original language. The New Testament is written in Greek, Old Testament is written in Hebrew. And a lot of times as I'm reading, I will reference, you know, I will read the scripture and then I'll say in the Greek, it says this. And the reason I do that is for us to see what the trueness of the word of God is. Amen. 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 So with that being said, um, you know, I didn't give you all this scripture, but in John chapter 14, you don't have to turn there, but just to paraphrase in verses eight through 11. I love it because Philip, he asked Jesus, he says this, he says, Jesus, Rabbi, if you will show me the father, that's all we need. Pretty much just paraphrasing it. And Jesus says in verses 8 through 11, you can look this up, but he says, literally says, I've been with you all this time. Have you not seen the father? And then in verse 9 and 10 and 11, I love it. It's so powerful. And then he says, if you've seen me, you have seen the father. Oh, y'all, y'all read this scripture too. That's what I'm talking about right there. And I love it because pretty much Jesus is proclaiming that when we look at him, we see the heart of the father. We see the nature of God. Amen. So let me, let me show you what the nature of God. Can I show you what the nature of God looks like tonight? All right. In Luke chapter 15 and verse 11, 
I'm going to read it in the New King James. I had a different translation, but we're going to do New King James. It says this, Then he said, A certain man had two sons, verse 12, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all their Uh, There arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Verse 15. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And when he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pond or with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Verse 17, but when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have been bred enough and and to or have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? Watch this in verse 18. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Verse 20, Jesus says, And the man arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, I love this, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. That's what I do to my boys. I love doing that. Verse 21, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and no longer and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found and they began to be merry. Amen. I love this because growing up, this was always, you know, and you may have had this perception as well, may still have it, but growing up, this is very popular, this, this, this narrative or this, this, this story that Jesus is telling. It's very easy to point, to, to make the focus about the prodigal son. Yeah. It's very easy to make the focus about the prodigal son. But Jesus, when he's telling this story, because Jesus, I don't know if y'all knew this, but Jesus likes to change things. Jesus likes to make, he, he, I said it best this way. I remember a few Sundays ago, I said the best teachers, you know, there's two, there's two type of teachers. I, I don't feel like I'm a teacher. People say I'm a teacher. I, I just, you know, I, I, I can't teach like my mom. My mom has very patience when it comes to teaching. So I'm like, I, I, get, I ain't got that. So I, I don't, you know, I just, you get what you get and don't pitch fit, you know. And, but there's two type of teachers. There's the teachers that can, that can get you to memorize definitions and get you to recite really well. And I'll be honest, a lot of those definitions, I don't really remember. But then there's, there's that type of teacher. And then there's a the type that, of teacher that can lead you to a point of discovery. And when you go, when you get to that point of discovery, that's when it comes alive. And that's when you remember. You think about it, all the different things that you truly remember, it's because you was led to a point of discovery. And that's what Jesus does. He wasn't one of those that says, hey, the Torah says this, da, 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 and memorize it. He wanted to lead them to a point of discovery. So that's why he told parables. And with him telling this, this parable about the nature of God, he wanted them to see, this is what our father is like. Amen. And so the point, so what I'm saying is the focus of this scripture isn't the prodigal son. Growing up, we was always told that it was, that it was about the prodigal son or it's about two ungrateful sons. You know, you got one son so ungrateful, daddy, give me my money, I'm out. You know, gets back, you got the other son that's like, daddy, how you throwing him a party? I've been here all this time, sweating in the fields, doing all this stuff. So you got the other ungrateful son. Or, you know, we can look at it from a vantage point of one rebellious, then later forgiven son and his jealous brother. 
But really, the story is fully about showing us the heart of our father. Amen. It's about showing us the heart of our father. I like to call him Papa. You know, I remember as a as a kid, uh, whenever my cousins that still lived in Memphis, whenever they would come and visit, I remember as a kid, we would debate. We would get in debates. You, you think about these little kids, just little heated debates. Uh, they would like to call my grandpa grandfather. And I would call him grandpa. So they'd come in, they're like, hi, grandfather. And I would stop. No, his name is, and I see my kids doing this, and I'm reminded of it now. I'm like, oh, that's, that's where you get it from. Okay. Well, sorry. But they, they'd be like, I, you know, hi, grandfather. I'm like, no. It's grandpa. You know, call him grandpa. We like calling him grandfather. I'm like, no, it's grandpa. You know, we would just go back and forth. Couldn't be like, oh, it's so good to see you. What's up? Let's play some video. Nope. We got to get this. We got to get this ironed out. And they would even do my granny say, we're like, hey, grandmother. I'm like, no, it's granny. Say it with me. Granny. You know, I remember when we had family come down from New York, you know, when they was like, well, what do you call her? I'm like, her name is granny. You call, we're going to get this right out of the gate. You know, I had some other cousins, they finally moved down and, you know, but y'all, we're going to get you straight. It's granny and grandpa, you know, but the reason as a kid, and I didn't really understand it then, but as an adult, I understand it is because it made, you know, it made me, uh, it made me have this vantage point of that my grandpa was a formal English man figure, you know, by saying grandfather, oh, he's a foreign. And if any of y'all remember Halbert Campbell, he wasn't foreign. He wasn't British. You know, he wasn't no English man. You know, he was tall like an Englishman, but he wasn't that. And, you know, so I'm like, hey, let's take the formality out of the way. And unfortunately, as Jesus believers, as Jesus followers, as Christians, we have gotten so comfortable with making God formal, having a formal perspective of God, having a formal lens of God to the point that sometimes we shy away from it. Sometimes we feel like if we're not formal enough, why well, I, I don't have the word, I don't have the right words to pray, so I'm not going to pray. Or I don't, I don't know the right scriptures to read, so I'm not even going to open my Bible. Or, you know, I, I let some words slip the other night. I'm not even going to ask God of forgiveness because he, he knows how I feel, fully feel. So I'm just, I'm just not even going to get in his presence. And that stems from us making God formal and getting comfortable with it. Let me, let me best describe it this way. When you go home, how many of y'all are going to go home and remain in your Sunday duds or your nice duds or your makeup and your ties and your dress shoes? Nobody does that when they get home. I'll tell you, my wife, she's at home watching our three boys, which I'm very thankful for because we have two kind of under the weather. It's, it's funny if, if anybody in here has multiple, uh, multiple children. It's never all three at once. It's always one this, then one gets better, this one, this one. Yeah, so that's the way it is. And, uh, you know, I remember when we first got together and we first got married, uh, when she would come home, the first thing to do, she would wash the makeup off. Put her, you know, put her hair in the bun, you know, put the comfy shoes on, put the comfy pants on. I do the same. I, I didn't put my hair in the bun in case you're all wondering. But I put the comfy shoes on, the comfy pants. Why? Because we, where we get comfortable, that's when, we, that's when we show our true selves. And that's the version that Jesus wants from your heart. That's why he looks at your heart, not the makeup, not the outward appearance. He's looking at, okay, why, what, what's the reason why they do what they do? What, why, why are they shying away? Why are they staying away from me? Why are they refusing to pray? But I love it because Jesus tells the story to, to show the true nature of the Father. In fact, in John chapter 17, you don't have to turn there. We talked about it on Easter. But before Jesus goes to the cross, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And as he's praying, John chapter 17, I encourage you to look this up. But as he's praying, literally he is praying. He says, Father, I've done what you've asked me to do. I've made your name known to them. And then watch what he does next. It's so good. Look at somebody say, it's so good. He then says, he says, 
He says, Lord, let them be one with you as we are one. Now, I've said this before, but I'm like, I don't know about you. So we're just going to put Lindsay on the, on the hot seat. But if, if I'm in Jesus' uh, you know, predicament and I'm about to be crucified, I'm, they shackle me up, they tied me up, they about, they about to throw you, they about to murder you, boy. The last thing I'm going to be praying is, Lord, let the, let the body of Keys Chapel, let them grow and flourish. Let them grow and flourish. Let Cooper's grow, grow, and, grow and flourish. Let them, let them know you more, Jesus. I'll be honest, the human side is going to kick in. When they're like, hey, you about to die, I'll be like, mama, get my mama. Drea, I'm, I'm be hollering for everybody. We're going to go down that roller dance. Like, Miranda, daddy, at least somebody. We're going we're gonna to call somebody till somebody, somebody. But that's how we are as human beings. But Jesus, being fully God and fully man, instead of him focusing on himself, he, I mean, he had every right to be praying, hey, Lord, and he did ask for strength. Lord, let this cup pass from me, but, you know, not my will, but your will be done. But still at the same, he's like, Lord, I, I, let, let them be one. So he still got us in mind, even though he's about to go through the worst thing in his, in his life. Now, how are the father and son one? Well, I'm so glad you asked. In John chapter 1, literally, the apostle John, he says this. He says, in the beginning was the word, verse 1 and verse 2. In the beginning was the word. A.K.A. Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. He says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Now, here we go. That word with. If you look it up in the Greek, it's the word pros. Somebody say pros. pros. Oh, you're going to learn something tonight. Pros. See, pros, it's a it's a prepositional phrase that means face to face. So watch this. So really what John wrote, because see us Westerners, we say the word was with God. The word was God and the word was with God. But John, who walked with Jesus, ah, see, I'm getting excited already, who walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus. He wrote, he said, in the beginning was Jesus and Jesus was face to face with God. Now watch this. Then we look in chapter 17 and Jesus is praying, let us be one. Let, let my people be one with you. So there's that word with. So really he's saying, Lord, let them be face to face with you. See, that's the type of relationship, the fellowship that God desires from the person you see in the mirror. This is great. This is fun. We get to learn, but, but you know, it wouldn't do any, it wouldn't do you any good. I, the best way to describe it is this, you know, for anybody that's married or, or been in a relationship or in a relationship, when it comes to your significant other, you got to talk to them, correct? Amen. If you don't talk to them, what's the next thing going to happen? Hey, something wrong? You know, no relationship grows when, you know, when all you do is communicate over a text message. You know, could you imagine your husband wife just, you know, hey, what you want for dinner? You know, me, me and Kelsey, we do that. But most time we're in two separate buildings. I'm running a mail route. She's at the school working. What you want for dinner? I don't know. You know, what you want? But it'd be different if we was in the same room. Hey, will you give me the salt? Y'all never, if you never met my wife, she would be like, did you just text me? And we in the same room. Second, are your legs working? Third, go get the salt. Fourth, hey, sent you up. Anybody got that? Sent you up. My favorite is, hey, are are you are you know are you going to the kitchen for anything? Are you are you going out by uh, my favorite since I run a route? Now I'm all over the county. You may see me sometimes, but you know, hey, hey, well, so what route are you running today? What side of town is that? What do you want? You know, are you going by such and such place? Yeah. What time do you think you get that? Do you want do you want an order from dinner? I would love that. I'm like, okay, yeah, uh huh, I got you. Okay, I'm picking up I'm picking up what you're dropping. 
But I love that because Jesus literally, he said, you know, not just Jesus, but John said that, that, that Jesus was face to face with God. So let me rephrase that. Jesus prayed that we would be face to face just like him and Papa are. Just like him and the Father are. Just like him and the Father and the Holy Spirit are. Now, why should we, somebody say me. me. Why should we desire that type? You know, it's, it's one thing for Jesus to desire that for you. You know, you know, it's one thing for somebody else to have desires for you. But what about the person that you see in the mirror? Why, why, why should we, you know, why should we join into that desire of, you know, God wanted to be face to face with us? The best way to describe it is I remember May 28, 2016, when we had our first son, Kellen Benign Melton. Man, oh, man. And anybody, if you've ever had children, y'all know when you had the when you had the first, just when you have all of them. I I sang the same song on all three, cried the tears. I didn't care. Nurses looking at me, like, I don't care. I'm like, he keeps on blessing me, you know. Like, oh, he keeps on blessing me, you know. But I remember when Kellen was born, you know, before he was born, we had to do the Lamaz classes. And if you've ever been around me, I low key, I'm a squirmish kind of guy. There are certain sounds I don't want to hear. There's certain visualizations I don't want to see. I don't, not just over food, all time, I don't want to see it. I don't, I don't like to be grossed out. Just don't. You know, there's some people that can handle that. It's not this guy. I know my lane and I stick to it. And uh, we're at the Lamaze classes. You know, the first one's going good. You know, I'm like, you know, we get, you know, get a few classes in and they're showing us some stuff I'm like, woo. I'm like, that's going to come out to you? <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> oh Jesus, <laughs> you know. And she's like, Lindsay, you know, she's having a call because, you know, Lexington's coming out at that point. We lived in Bristol. We lived in uh, Bristol, Virginia back then. And Lexington's coming out. I'm like, ooh. You know, it wasn't just a ooh. It was like, ooh, ooh, you see that? And she's like, shh, I can hear you. You know, we're in a class full of people. And I remember the one thing that I did like that they talked about was this thing called the golden hour. Does anybody know what the golden hour is? Not just photography, but when a, when a baby is born. You get this golden hour of where literally the, the doctors now, they'll, they'll clean it up for me. I, made, I was like, yeah, y'all got to clean, clean it up. Clean it up before I hold it. They cleaned Kellen up, you know, checked the bottles, made sure everything was good. And then everybody went away. And they closed the door and they kept all of our guests and they gave us an hour. But here's the, here's, oh man, it's so good. And here's the thing. So they, they didn't put any clothes on Kellen. And they, they put the blanket on. But also they left my wife exposed and, and they asked me to be bare chest. And see, what this does is scientifically, when the, new, when the baby is born, see, his heart rate, his, the body's trying to figure out how, how fast should the heart be beating? How fast, you know, how, how should the lungs expand and, and, and go inward again? How, you know, what, what's his temperature supposed to be? The only one that can assign that to the baby is the one that the baby comes from. So in this golden hour, we have an hour for that baby to get skin on skin to where like when his skin touches where he came from, I'm going to just use the father, which is me. When I held him, his heartbeat began to regulate out and his blood pressure began to even out. And, you know, he would. And when he's laying on me or when he's laying on his mother, finally, he would. And the purpose of that golden hour was to realign what we had created. See, the, 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 the great thing about being with the Father is when you're spending time with the Father, there's some things that get realigned back within you. When you're spending, in the, Lindsay, how, how is this so? Because Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, Paul says that it's him who created us. 
we were created before the foundations of the world. So guess what? If anybody knows you, it's the father. Amen. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how long you've been best friends with your boy or ladies, how long you've been sisters with your girl. I don't care if it's your sibling that you used to, you know, beat up when the parents weren't looking. Nobody knows you better than the father. Nobody, you know why? Because I love my sister, but she can't see, you know, she can't see in here. She can see out here and she knows like, hey, you know what's going on, da, 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 but she can't see in here. And my parents, I love them, but they can't fully see in here. They, they can get a little bit. My wife, she get a little bit closer, but the only one that can see you right here and right here is the father. It's the father. Why? Because we came from him. You were formed by him. In fact, you bear his image. You know what that means? That means that he didn't look at anybody else when he created you. Scratch that. He looked at somebody. He looked at himself. Look at somebody say, that's a bar. So y'all weren't ready. But that means he looked at himself and he saw it was enough. That's why the devil loves to make you feel like you ain't enough. That's why the devil loves to try to get you second guessing, third guessing, fourth guessing. Loves to try to get you to backtrack. Loves to try to get you to, to think, okay, well, God, is that really you or is it not you? Lord, if it, if it was you, then maybe this will work out. Or why is it that he loves to get you confused? Why? Because in you is enough. In you is more than enough. You know why? Not because of your education. Not because of who you come from or where you come from. But because of God himself. Amen. God himself. But I love it because in that golden hour, you know, Kellen, his, his heart rate began to begin to reset. Everything began to get the way it is, the way it needed to be. And when we spend time with Jesus, there are some insecurities that get dismantled. When, we, when you're spending time with Jesus, there's some trauma that gets resolved. Anybody ever had some trauma before? When you're spending time with Jesus, there's some drama that gets eliminated. I love that one. I don't need no soap opera, so let me spend time with Jesus so he can take the soap and deal with this opera. Let that marinate. There, when you're spending time with Jesus, there's some addictions that, get you, that you get freed from. When you're, when you're spending time with Jesus, I love this one, your perspective gets realigned. You know, it, it gets so realigned. It gets, Paul says in this, Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2, it gets realigned to a heavenly perspective. He said, don't look at the earth. Don't look at things. that He said, focus your attention on heavenly thoughts. In fact, in the Passion Translation, it literally says, it says, Let, think upon heavenly realities. You know what a heavenly reality is? How you think upon heavenly realities? Easiest way. You ready? You ready? Easiest way. As it is in heaven, so be it in my life. Amen. As it is in heaven, so be it in my life. There ain't no drama in heaven. Amen. So when drama's happening in your life, hey, hey, Lord, as it is in heaven, so be in this situation right here. Amen. What is the doctor saying? Well, guess what? There ain't no sickness in heaven. So, Lord, hey, I heard what the doctor said. As it is in heaven, so be in my body. Lord, I, I, I know what the rumors are saying, but Lord, you call me free. You call me redeemed. You gave me a new name. So no matter what people are saying, as it is in heaven, let that be my identity. Amen. Amen. Let that be my identity. Woo. Am I talking to anybody tonight? Amen. So I love this because, you know, what does this, what does all this have to do with Luke chapter 15? Why read Luke chapter 15? Why dig into, you know, Jesus talking about the nature of the God one verse 20 and 21. Let me read this real quick. Verse 20 and 21, it says this literally. Won't get pulled up. It says, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against thee. Somebody say thee. thee. 
I've sinned against thee. I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found and they began to be merry. I love this because, you know, in verse 20 and 21, I have a different translation. I won't read it, but literally it says that, I'm just going to read verse 21 in in the Passion Translation. Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I can never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. And then it says the father interrupted his speech. Say, I don't know if you knew this, but, you know, after, you know, know, let's just take our imagination for a minute. It's you're safe. We're in a safe place. You can imagine for a minute. But let's think about this. You know, the the son, he, he had it all together. He really did. You know, we, you know, I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but why did he leave home? Now, you, now you're getting to see how my mind works. Because when I read this, I'm like, well, why did he leave home? You know, I, you know, the old route I used to run, I used to uh, deliver to a lot of farmers. So, you know, get to, get to doing small talk. And they teach me stuff, I, I, stuff I would never use because I'm not about to do a farm. It's not me. I respect those who do farm. I just, I can't do that. The smells, like I said, I don't I get quizzy. Ah, you know, but but I, I was around them long enough that I feel, I, I feel a little country. When I get out in the country, I could recognize when they're harvesting soybeans. I'm like, oh. I got to flits on Kelsey one time. We had the windows down driving to Jackson. She's like, what's that smell? I'm like, oh, they're, they're, they're picking soybeans. She's like, really? Said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like, you know what I said? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Look at your boy. Farmer Lindsay. But, you know, the, the father, he had multiple cattle. And, you know, from what my farm friends have told me, you know, cow or cattle, it, it's not cheap. You can't go to the Dollar Tree and get a cow. I mean, you get a little figurine, but you can't get, I mean, they are not cheap. So to have multiple cattle means this guy has some money. He's not hurting for anything. So therefore, the, the son, he didn't leave home because he was trying to make out, make it out on his own and, you know, try to climb the ladder to make, to make some real bank because they didn't have anything. No, the father had it. His dad had it. It's not like they didn't have food because they was on the farm. In fact, when the son came home, they said, hey, go get the fattest calf. Oh, wait, so you got, you got multiple fat calves? Like, so they were good on that. But really, the son, he left because at the end of the day, he desired something that he was never created for. Because, see, his father had already provided all these different things, and I'm getting ahead of my notes, but we'll fully get into that. But the father had already created multiple things for the son. He already, he already had them fed, already had the roof, had all these different things. But at the end of the day, the son desired a life that was outside of what was created for. What kind of life are we struggling to achieve that we were never created for? What kind of life are we, are you struggling day in and day out? Are you obsessed with, are you worried about that you're trying, what are, what are the things that you're trying to achieve that you were never created to have? What, what, what are those things? What, what, you know, what, kind of, what kind of fake people are we trying to impress that have no interest in who we truly are? You know, I, I don't know about you, but where we live, you know, there's the whole neighborhood competition. Once you mow your yard, once somebody mows your yard, then you got to mow the yard. You know, nobody came up and knocked on the door. Hey, it's time to mow the yard. But, you know, you just look at the, somebody else, ah, got to cut their grass, you know. I remember when we lived in Florida and we lived in a condo, you know, the, we had this one people or this one neighbor, they were decorating all stuff like change it for every holiday, every season. Me, I'm not like that. I, you know, I ain't paying attention to what it looks like. I just want to get inside. You know what? The real fun is inside, not out by the stoop. Nobody dresses the stoop. Now, my mom, she would do that. But I, I, that's, I don't do that. But fortunately, I married a wife that would. 
So, you know, she, you know, the neighbor, you know, changes. Oh, snap, I got, you know, hey, we got, do we have some fall decorations? I'm like, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Like, well, you know, I saw so-and-so did this. So I'm thinking about them. I'm like, why? There, nobody knocked on us and said we had to do it. You know, you don't have to do these things. But so, so why, why do we try to, why do we put ourselves through the hamster wheel of trying to compete with people that aren't invested in who we truly are? Why, why, why do we worry about everybody else's opinion when, guess what, God didn't consider their opinion when he created you? Why, why, why do we get so obsessed with everybody else except for God? Oh, we, we don't have no problem spending time with everybody else. We don't have no problem reading what they post on Facebook, but when it comes to reading what God posted years ago, oh, Lord, you know, I, I'll get to that tomorrow. Oh, Lord, I'll, you know, I, I just got busy, overslept, or fell asleep, da, da, da. You know, the wine is said the best, you know, tomorrow ain't promised. Today is the perfect day. And at my great, uh, at, at Grandma Rosie's church, I remember when I was a kid, they used to say when they would do the altar call, there's no better day. Today's a mighty good day. Guess what? Every day is a mighty good day for you to spend time with the Lord. Every day is a mighty good day. Lindsay, the world's getting dark. Perfect example. Mighty good day to spend time with the Lord. Mighty good day to allow the light of God to shine in and illuminate every dark anxiety part of you. Amen. 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 So, 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 you know, at the end of the day, what kind of finite materials are we trying to stress and achieve and earn? One of my favorite rappers, he says this, what you earn can't go in your urn. What, what do we get so obsessed with trying to, okay, I got to have this, I got to have that. I mean, I have my dreams. You know, I, you know Kelsey makes fun of me because every time we drive her on the road and if I pass a Tesla, I wave at him. She's like, why are you waving? I said, like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting in the practice of it. I'm getting in the practice of it because one day, I don't know when, one day God will bless me with the land. And you know what? When y'all see me driving Tesla, you, everybody mark this day, you can be like, hey, hey I remember when Lindsay said God was going to do that. It's true stuff. I'm not making this up. We drive. We was at the gas station. And, you know, somebody pulled in. Obviously, they didn't get gas there. They just went and got some snacks. But I, I spoke to them like, hey, how you doing? I'm good. It's good. Good to see you. Kelsey's like, you know, nah, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I said, not yet, but for real, I will one day. And she's like, oh, Lord, please. I was like, hey, you know, it could happen. But. You know, at the end of the day, like, what do we get so obsessed with that we just, that we, uh, you know, we just literally ignore the presence of God? You know, in verse 22 through 24, we read it. But at the end of the day, the good father, the good father, he, was, he wasn't interested in I told you so. When he cut the son off from speaking, he wasn't interested in I told you it wasn't going to work. See, this is why you and I couldn't be Jesus. Or this is why we couldn't be God. I'm, we all, we don't, nobody wants to admit it, so I'll admit it for you. But nobody, this, this is why we couldn't be there. If it would have happened to us, the son would have come head down. Hey, Papa, I'll be like, what's up, huh? How you doing? You, you, a little musty, huh? You, you, what's going on? Huh? You, you look like you ain't ready while. Where's that money? Yeah, that's why I had everything for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, go on, yeah. And ultimately, unfortunately, we all view, a part of us views God like that. That's why Jesus told the story. That's why Jesus wanted to show them and show everybody that would read it years, decades, and centuries. This is what God really looks like. Not the God that's waiting on you to mess up so he can say, I told you so. I told you so feels great. Feels great to the flesh. When, somebody, when you try to tell, listen, I'm a father of three. 
when they mess up, and I, I've told them after, hey, hey, don't run, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And you know, we've had we've had certain accidents, and some happen. And Kellen's like, I love it. Kellen's in the place now. He's he's humble. When he gets home, he's like, Daddy, yes, I should have listened to you. <laughs> oh, you should have, huh? <laughs> you should have. Mom's like, Lindsay. I'm like. Hey, let, let's just get it out there. Let's address the elephant. You should have hung. Why do you think you should have listened to Daddy? And he's like, because I wouldn't be. I was like, yeah, exactly. I said, do you think Daddy cares for you? Yes. I said, so when Daddy gives you a rule, do you think Daddy's being mean or he's looking out for you? Looking out for me. And it hit me one time when we're going through that. And I'm like, oh, snap. That's what the Father does with us. See, so many times it feels like, God, why are you giving all these restrictions? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Why can't I watch this? Or why can't I listen to this? Why can't I drink this? Why can't I eat this? Lord, everybody's doing it. Why can't I? Because he knows what's safe and what's not safe for you. Amen. He knows what's safe and not safe for you. There are certain things that people could do that I never could do. There are certain things that I could do that you could never do. There are certain things that your neighbors can do that you can't do. But that's okay. Somebody said that's okay. See, the good father, he's not interested in, I told you so. Listen, when we read the scriptures, literally he was interested in, hey, my son is home again. If, listen, the father missed him so much that he said, you were once dead. His son being gone, it broke his heart so much that it was almost like he had died. Now, you can't tell me that, that you, you, know, you don't love somebody to the point when they leave that it feels like they've died. That's love. That's, and then we talked about it before, but why? You know, it wasn't just, you know, the father, the scripture never says that the father just randomly was walking by and seeing the son far off. He was waiting for him. Amen. Why? Because he, he missed him. Yeah. They were, they once was one and then they weren't anymore. Lazy man, that sounds familiar. It does. Because Jesus said in John 17, Lord, let them be one with us. Oh, you getting it now. Amen. So Jesus desires for you to be one with him. He desires you to be one. In fact, the scripture, literally, the father said, hey, now we're one again. And Jesus said that our heavenly father, his nature is just like that. Just imagine for a minute, but how much freedom would you walk in if you stopped seeing God as that? I told you so, father, and started seeing him like Jesus. How, how much freedom would you really walk in? You, how, how much confidence would you have knowing that, you know what, God's got my back. I may fall today, but I'm not falling under. I may slip today, but I'm not by myself. The bills may be due today, but there is somebody that is helping me and working through me and making ways for me to pay these. How, how much freedom would you walk in? If you, saw, if you saw the Father like we see Jesus, because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. See, I don't know about you, but if you didn't know this, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, let me paraphrase it. But Jesus, he's the express image of God. The, 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 the writer literally says that he's the radiance of God's splendor. I, I love this because, see, when we lived at the beach, there's one, day, there's one time I was, I was feeling extra spiritual. Well, it doesn't happen much. I was feeling extra spiritual. I was like, you know, Lord, I don't, I'm not just going to get up and pray in my living room while everybody's asleep. I'm going to go down to the beach. I'm going to catch a sunrise. And I've told the story at our church, you know, get up and, you know, drive. You know, it's dark or whatever. And, you know, not much traffic. And we lived like 12 minutes from the beach. We had a, we, it was really nice. And get there, you know, walking along the shore and just praying, looking at scripture or whatever. I'm, I'm just feeling it, feeling it. And I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just feeling like, oh, this feels so great. It feels like a movie, you know. So then the water cuts up onto my toes. I was like, ooh, ooh, that ain't you, Jesus. I don't know if you've ever been to the beach at, at five in the morning. It's not warm like it would be at 10 and 12. 
No, it's cold. It's ice bucket cold. So, you know, this boy ran to the forerunner, same forerunner outside, still got the beach pass on it. You know, I'm still holding on to that. Ran into the forerunner, finished praying out there, you know. But, you know, and this particular beach, you can drive on there and park. So, you know, to my, so my forerunners facing where the sun would come, it's facing east. And as the sun is rising, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm in tears. I'm like, God, I'm, you know, I, I, I always wonder how can people look at, you know, just for example, a sunrise or a sunset and not think that there's a God. And I'm looking at that. I'm like, Lord, there's no way that could have just popped out of nowhere. I'm like, God, look, Lord, you were just so awesome. Look at that. And I begin to think about Hebrews 1 where it says that Jesus is the radiant splendor of God. See, if you've ever looked at a sunrise, you don't see the sun. Now I got you. You don't see the sun. You see the rays of the sun. And because you see the rays of the sun, you know the sun is. Jesus said, you can't look at the father. So look at me because I'm the exact, I'm the radiance of God. So when you look at Jesus, you see the father. So when you see Jesus telling the story about how the father is so loving to the point that he will run after the nine, he will run after the one sheep that leaves the 99. You're seeing the heart of the father. You're seeing it. So when we look in the scriptures and we look at Jesus, you're seeing God. When you see Jesus love the tax collector who is a rebel to, you know, his own people, you're seeing God wrap his arms around the tax collector. When you're seeing, watch this, when you're seeing Jesus forgive the man at the cross, you're seeing God do that. When you're seeing Jesus show up in your life, you're seeing the Father do that. How much freedom would you really walk in? How, how much, you know, when we, when we see Jesus in the form of the Spirit of God, Step into a pit and shut the mouth of every lion that's, a, that's a, attempting to devour Daniel. We're seeing the father jump into the pit, jump into your pit, into your deepest, darkest moments. And we're seeing the father have, having compassion. Like, no, 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 we're, we're going to silence everything that's trying to overwhelm you. We're going to silence everything that's trying to overcrowd you. We're going to silence everything that's trying to devour you. This is, this is what Jesus does. He shows us who the father is. He said, I don't do anything outside of God. Amen. Amen. I don't do anything outside of God. So how much freedom will we walk in if we did this? I said it earlier, but my goal isn't really to point. You know, it's not really to point to a tradition. It's not really uh, my goal to point to a formula. My goal is just to show you who who is Jesus. That's all all I love to do is just, hey, you know, Lizzie, I got a problem. Okay, well, you know, do you know Jesus? Well, what's Jesus got to do with it? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Let me show you. And no, I don't get out the word, but I'll tell them a story. Hey, you know what? There is, there is one. I remember this one moment in my life. And I began to show them how it wasn't anything that I had to do. And it wasn't anything that I brought to the table. It wasn't, wasn't any uh, lottery ticket or wasn't anything. It was purely the grace and mercy of God. And literally, that's what Jesus does with the Father. He says, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because at the end of the day, we have to have this in our truest part of our hearts that God is for you. And when I say that, I'm not saying that God's some hippie just floating on the cloud. And And a lot of times it's easy to think that when we hear people say that God is for you. But at the end of the day, he is for you. He's so for you that he went to the point of death on a cross. That's how for you he is. Last time I checked, when's the last time your best friend did that? When's the last time our parents did that? I love my parents, but guess what? My, the love that my parents had, it wasn't enough to go to a cross. And Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that. Amen? 
you know, I, I, I love to point people to the real Jesus. I, you know, I said it on Easter Sunday. But at the end of the day, when it comes to the real Jesus, you know, when it comes to tradition, there is no tradition that points us fully to Jesus. That's why you just got to spend time with him. There's no amount of dress code. There's no amount of scriptures read. There's no amount of hours clocked in in prayer that you can fully come to know the fullness of Jesus. But at the end of the day, it's in those things where you can find freedom. It's in prayer that you can find freedom. It's in reading the scriptures. You can find him and see him and be reminded, oh, hey, that's what you're like. So you don't know this story in Luke 15 if you aren't reading it. But if you read it, you're like, hey, you know what? Why, why did this? Why did this kid? Why did, let, me, let me look it up. Pastor Lindsay said it's in the Greek, so let, let's go look and see. Oh, wait, he, Jesus was face-to-face with God. Oh, that changes things. That's why Jesus wants us. That, that's the type of relationship he wants with us. Not, not this got to show up here and got to do this and got to do that. Not, not my performance. He just wants me face-to-face with him. Every parent in the room knows that when it comes to your baby, you want your, you want your child face-to-face with you. Every, every person that's been in a relationship or if you're mentoring somebody that you consider a kid, you want them face-to-face with you. You don't want, you don't want the relationship where you always got to test them. You know, yeah, they may live far apart, in you, but when they come into your presence, it's that face-to-face. It's that face-to-face that the Lord desires from us. Amen? It's that face-to-face. So let me, let me close with this, but literally in verse 25... I'm just going to read in this translation, but it says that the older son was out working in the field when his brother returned. And as he approached the house, he heard the music of celebration and dance in 26. He called over one of his servants and asked, what's going on? Verse 27, the servant replied, it's your younger brother. He returned home and your father's throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. The older son became angry and refused to go in and celebrate. So his father came out and pleaded with him, come and enjoy the feast with us. So his father's like, hey. Come, come eat with us. At 29, the son said, Father, listen, how many years have I worked like a slave for you, performing every duty you've asked as a faithful son, and I've never once disobeyed you? But you know, you've never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. Never once have you ever given me a goat that I could feast and celebrate with my friends as this son of yours is doing now. Verse 30, look at him. I love this. Look at him. He comes back after wasting. This is the way my mind would have read it. And the, you know, look at him coming back. Done spent all this, done did all that. And now you throwing a party for him. That sound familiar? We all talk like that. Somebody get blessed. I'm like, oh God, really? Lord, really, Lord? I'm, I'm, I'm showing up to church. I'm volunteering to mop the bathrooms. Lord, really? Really, Jesus? You ain't got to admit it, but I know it. Okay. I know it and the father knows it. So therefore, we can kind of relate to the older brother. But he says, look at him. He comes back after wasting your wealth on, on prostitutes and reckless living. And here you are throwing a great feast to celebrate for him. 31, the father said, my son, you are always with me by my side. Listen to this. Everything I have is yours to enjoy. Watch, not to work for, to enjoy. 32, it's only right to rejoice and celebrate like this because your brother was once dead. There it is, was once dead and gone, but now he is alive and back with us again. He was lost, but now he is found. When I was thinking about this, and I, for real, I am closing. We, you know, Kelsey jokes with me all the time. She's like, you say you're closing, and then, you know, two days later, I'm like, no. <laughs> no. But I was thinking about this. Where are, you know, our, our oldest boy, Kellen, and our youngest boy, Cohen, there. And they're the ones that's, you know, that's kind of under the weather. Keenan, he's great. He's flipping off the couches and all that stuff, you know. But, hey, whatever works, yeah. Um, but, you know, today at one point, 
they're home with me. You know, I'm, I'm more focused on Cohen because Kellen, you know, he's he's set or he sits going on seven, so he can kind of take care of. You know, he's a little bit more independent versus Cohen, who will turn to this Sunday. And <clears throat> you know, at one point, you know, everybody's still in their pajamas, and uh, Cohen, you know, he's finally in different clothes just because you know he's had a bunch of stuff, so now I got to change one. Yeah, I, I won't get into details. Y'all know I don't like the gory stuff, the gooey stuff. And Kellen's like, it's about lunchtime. It's about eleven o'clock, and he's like, uh, he's like, Daddy. Why are we still in our pajamas? Why am I still in my pajamas? And, you know, one part of my head is like, I'm not in my pajamas. You, you know, you, I, when daddy got up, he changed. And, uh, and uh, you know, he, I, let, I let him rant for a little bit. He's, he's starting to get a little independent. He's making friends. He's making good grades. He's getting compliments. So he's getting a little, getting a little boastful. So, you know, every now and then I humble him up. But I'm just letting him, letting him go. He's like, Daddy, why are we still in our pajamas? You know, I don't want to be in pajamas. Why are we, we going to stay in these all day? And... It had to be the Lord, but I said, hey, Kellen. He said, yes. I said, <clears throat> you know where your clothes are. You know how to walk upstairs. I didn't yell. I didn't like, hey, boy. I was like, hey, Kellen, you know where your clothes are. You know how to walk upstairs. You know how to take your pajamas off. You know where to put them. You know where your clothes are. You know how to pick whatever you want to wear and put them on. Is that what you like to do? Yeah. I said, okay, so you could have done that whenever you wanted. So if you like to do that now, you are more than welcome to. So he walks upstairs. And as he does, I watch him, and I'm, and I'm thinking the Holy Spirit's like, this scripture right here. The older brother's like, why, why, why are we celebrating now? Why are we, why are we slaying the fattest calf now? Why are we dancing? Why are we having fun? And the father's like, hey, we, you, you could have been doing this the whole time. The older brother's like, I thought I had to work for it. Look, look at him. He didn't work for it. He, li he literally left and came back and did whatever he wanted to. And you're celebrating him. You're loving him this way. And the father really was about the love because the father's like, I've always loved you like this. See, the devil loves to make you feel like you are the only one. You are that one ship that's out all on your own. You are the only man or woman on the island. But at the end of the day, the same way that God loves everybody else, he loves you. In fact, we said it best this way. The scripture says that you are the beloved of God. You know what that means? Oh, it means that the same way the father loves Jesus, he loves you. The same way that he would go after Jesus, he goes after you. The same way, there's no difference. There's no, he loves Jesus, 99, you know, 400 and you get the 98%. No, somebody say no. The same way he loves Jesus, he loves you. He doesn't see any difference. In fact, as Jesus is in this world. So are you. That's why we say that's why we get the opportunity to say, Lord, as it is in heaven, so be it. Why? Because the, the opportunity has been made to that. I'm seen in the same light as the sun. I'm loved with the same love as the sun. I'm forgiven at the same way as the sun will be forgiven. I am healed. I'm free. I'm delivered the same way as the sun is delivered. There's there's no difference. There's no difference. So when Kellen is going through that, I'm like, hey, buddy, all this was always available for you. But see, honestly, the, 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 let me just give you a warning. Church, when it comes to us, we're hustling backwards. We are hustling backwards. I love that phrase. Kelsey always laughs at me. Dre laughs at me when I say it. But we're hustling backwards because as the world is tired of us mirroring tradition so much that literally they will forsake, they have forsaken the faith and they will choose anything and everything that accompanies their emotions and their senses. We, we, we put so much stock into, okay, it's got to be this way. It's got to look this way. It's got to be seen. It's got to be clean. It's got to be just right. Move it over to the right. No, move it over to the left. And when Jesus is like, hey, I just need you to show them me, and I'll show them the Father. I, 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 
and and I'm not saying that we just go around super messy. Don't don't brush your teeth. Don't you know do for the bo. I'm not saying all that. If you didn't know, I used to be a former youth pastor, so I still throw those slogans out. But I'm not saying we don't do those things. What I'm saying is, at the end of the day, where do you put your focus on? Do you put your focus on it's got to be this particular way, or do you put your focus on, hey, am I showing them Jesus? Am I showing my coworkers Jesus? Am I showing my family members Jesus? And when I say showing them Jesus, I'm not saying you sit down and preach a five-point sermon. No, am I showing them the same Jesus that literally the man on the cross saw? I love this because this British pastor, he tells this story, you know, just imagine it for a bit. But can you imagine that the thief on the cross when literally he's like, hey, hey, Jesus, you don't deserve to be here, but we do. But hey, will you forgive me anyway? And you know what Jesus said? My favorite line from this day forward, you'll be in paradise. Oh, I love this. This British pastor, he said, could you imagine for a minute that the, the thief, he's literally in heaven and gets up to the gates and not saying this is fully biblical. So if you're one of those, just don't listen to this. But he imagines for him, he said, hey, can you imagine when he gets to the gates? And he was ever at the gates, you know, it's like, hey, you know, what are you doing? He's like, uh, you know, what's your name? And he tells him the name and flips through the book. You know, I remember we, we went out to eat at Outback and, you know, they were struggling. So that's, you know, they're like, well, what's your party name? Well, let's go get a manager. And that's, you know, five people over. Can you imagine this thief who's in heaven, you know, hey, we don't see his name. You know, get another angel, another angel, another angel. Oh, we get, we got to get the boss, you know, second, second boss. Hey, hey, Michael. And they're all looking like, man, I don't see your name. And the thief, one sentence, hey, the man at the cross said I could come. The man at the cross said I could come. So There's so much to unpack, but we don't have time. But literally, that means that everything up to that point no longer counts. All the guilt and the shame and the mistakes that that man was carrying no longer counts. Why? Because the man at the cross said I could come. What does the man at the cross say about you? He says that you're worthy to sit at his table. Worthy to eat of his table. Worthy to be in his presence. Literally, he's made it, he's set it up so much that you win every time. Literally, you can go to him. You can go to the throne of grace and find mercy and grace whenever you need it in every situation. Why? Because the man at the cross said you was good enough to come. That this, this, this person, he gets that type of testimony. But unfortunately, church, we don't teach that. We don't present that type of Jesus that says that it's, it don't matter if you come to Sunday school. It don't matter if you are suited up and booted up. We teach the opposite. Well, hey, what's your performance look like? Hey, hey, well, when, you know, are you, are you serving? We got to get you in there and serving. And look, trust me, I'm a pastor. I want you to serve. But at the end of the day, if, if that's what we're focusing on, we've, we've missed it by miles miles when jesus he's literally showing the heart of the father the father literally he's not hey hey in order for you to come back in our graces i need you to go clean the stalls and then we'll celebrate tonight he stops everything and that's what god does when we allow him into our life he stops everything and says hey i need you to see that you are all you've always been the focus of my life let's celebrate Let's celebrate. Let's, let's, let's eat of the fattest cat. Let, let me put the seal of sonship on you so everybody knows that you are my son again. He publicly proclaims us and ladies in the room so you're his daughter again. But I love this because I've said this before, but if you didn't know this, the law was back then that when a, rebel, when a son would, would rebel and leave home, if he tried to return, oh, Lord, thank you. We don't live in this time. 
it was the law for the community to stone that son. Stone him. So we think that the father is, is, is in pure jubilee as he's running to the son, and he is. But he's also running to save his son because the law says that that son must be killed. And this is why God, to, or this is why Jesus told this story. Why? Because it looks just like the father. Why? So the father literally is running to protect him. And as he wraps his arms around him, he shows the whole community, hey, if you're going to stone him, uh, all the wrath that you got coming for him, it's got to hit me first. Who does that sound like? There was somebody else that in our place literally stretched his arms wide and said, if there's wrath coming, it's got to come for me first. And that's what Jesus does. He shows us, hey, this is what God does for us. He steps in the middle. Even when you can't make up the difference, he, he makes it up. Even when you can't feel the difference, he does it. All he asks is, hey, will you trust me? Will you trust me even if you don't see me? Will you, will you turn off Netflix for 30 minutes and give me those 30 minutes? Hey, I'm, I'm talking to myself. I got, I got a list of documentaries I love to watch. Yes, I'm a nerd. I love documentaries. But can, can, you, can you turn it off for 30 minutes? Can you turn it off for an hour? Can you turn it off for 15 minutes? Can, can you say, hey, to your friends, can you say, hey, I, I, you know what, let's go out to eat tomorrow. Right now, I, I need to stay in. Can you not join into the gossip pool at work and say, you know what, I'm going to speak life about that person, even if I don't like them. Can you, join, can you remove yourself from the text message thread where everybody's complaining about everything and everything and everyone and say, you know what, I'm just going to remove myself from this. Why? Because that, that's what Jesus looks like. Amen. And when people say, why are you doing that? Because this is, what Je- this is who Jesus is. He doesn't do these type of things. He, he, he doesn't talk about it. He doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't you know, throw stones at people like we do. Well, I'm not throwing stones. I'm just telling the truth. No. The truth is that they are loved even if we don't like them. Why? Because at the end of the day, somebody was talking about you, but it didn't hinder him from stepping in the middle. It didn't hinder him from saying, hey, they're worthy to come. They're worthy to come. And church, this is who we have to portray to this community. Not just the world, but let's just be real, to this community. I say it all the time, but Henderson County needs to know. Let's need, you can, I'm pretty sure we can all, if I gave you a Sharpie, we can fill the walls with people that we know that need to hear the love of God. But at the end of the day, they need to hear it, and you're in their life to do it. But they don't just need to hear it. They got to see it. They got to see it. So listen, I'm challenging you. Once you leave these double doors, make a plan and say, okay, Lord, you know what? Tomorrow I got to go to work. Help me show who you truly are. I don't know what work looks like for you. I, just being mean, you know, I have those days where the loads are heavy or, or there's people that, you know, you get around certain people who are like, oh, my God, again, again. Can't they just be positive? And the Lord, one time I told that to the Lord, I said, Lord, man, why can't they just be positive? Like, we're already here. Nobody wants to be here. You ain't got to, you ain't got to be a, a, you know, a, you know, I ain't going to use the word my kids do, but they, you know, Kellen learned a new word today. I'm like, Kellen, he's like, daddy, why is everything a poop emoji? I'm like, Kellen, don't tell your mama you learned that. Don't, definitely don't tell her you learned to stay home with me because, you know, we had it on sports centers. I don't know where you heard that. But I'm like, Lord, why, why is this person got to be like that? And he's like, because you haven't done anything about it. And I'm like, Lord, why? I don't want to, Jesus. Lord, can't you use somebody else? He's like, I can, but I, I, I want to use you. And church, that's what he, he wants to use you. He wants to use you. He wants to use you.
That means he desire, there's in, in you is what he desires to use. In you is what he desires to use. Amen.